Sambhutasa Mutam Namam Sangham Namasami Sometimes in um, meditation gets a bit stale, particularly if we're doing a longest retreat. We're not used to that. It gets you know, kind of staleness. Um, stagnant state. Um, which um, sometimes you know, kind of we think we have blessed relief and the rest of the ups and downs, but uh, it's also unsatisfactory. <laughs> and if it gets stale, then it, uh, it's good to come back just to specific, get very specific about the, what's arising, specific arising things, specifically what's happening in the body, and specifically just, just a moment of time, what's happening in the body or what's happening in the mind, or if even that doesn't agree with you, just open the eyes and sit there and see what actually happens. Just get down to really, you know, coming out of the mould, coming out of the cast of being on retreat or whatever, and just well, what's happening. It can be that, um, you know, we, we get into a mode, certainly I can notice this myself, where when I come to do the formal practice, maybe I've got a kind of half memory of that nice place I left it at yesterday and the feeling, oh, let's get back to that again there was a going feeling of like ongoing practice you know, so okay, finish the meal da 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 now so, you know, actually rather than looking at what he's looking for you know, it's maybe quite a subtle sense of looking for something rather than actually looking at what's going on he's already decided what's supposed to be happening the place we're going to be going to, you know, continue the storyline or whatever it was. And uh, there's there's the kind of veneers that get built up over over awareness, over the specificality of awareness, and we start lose the quality of of you know, aware of what's specifically arising. That kind of sense of investigation and immediacy. So this can be the case when, uh, when one's working with a particular theme or, or technique or, or mode of practice that we, you know, we pick it up with a whole kind of layering of of stuff around it, you know, feeling that we've got to do it, feeling that we should get good at it, feeling that we should arrive at something, um, all sorts of stuff just around this particular thing great hopes for it, um, feeling a bit intimidated by it, um, you know, all kinds of, of, of layerings around around a particular mode of practice. Even good layerings, you know. I believe this is this is the one and only way or you know even there even if it does produce good results, you know, someone gets into one's mode. You know, it's a bit like almost mentally dressing up for the for the party. You know, we're going to you know we're going to do something we think this is something we really trust and enjoy. It's like putting on your Sunday best. You 
people do that nowadays. See, going on your kind of full Buddhist kit on, and uh, the person who's doing the washing up or or using the bathroom or whatever has disappeared. Instead, you've got the Sunday best meditator sits down, get down to it. And so these kind of layerings uh, that occur around uh, meditation practice, around anything. And it, it causes uh, staleness. Um, and also it can cause either a, a sense of self around that. Um, you know, either if it, a feeling of, of self-importance, of you know, doing the, getting down to the, the work, or, or of um, self-disparagement, you know, fumble along, won't be able to do this, fumble along, guilt, just driven on there by guilt, you're supposed to do it. So those, uh, you know, the conceit of being good or the conceit of being bad, so those self-impressions are part are the result of the layering around experience and just being able to kind of snap out of the out of the trance of meditation or Buddhism or of what we what we feel ourselves to be or those kind of layers of dress and address and role and position and context and things just the What's actually happening now? Nothing much. But you know, the the actual feeling or that that sense of well, nothing much is going on. Let's do something. Well, that's happening, isn't it? You know, the feeling of well, there's nothing really here for me. Let's do something. That's happening. What's that? What is it that determines that something special should be going on? What is it? What are we looking for? Some sort of surge, charge, buzz, um, conviction, uh, drive, interest, powerful feeling or another that makes us feel a little more rooted, a little more certain, a little more solid. That we're doing something, even if we're doing it badly. At least you know we get more solid impression than perhaps being um, just open and notice what's happening. The inclinations. The mind. Just if we get into that, we just come back to that, and just well, what, right now, you know, what happens in in the body? One's feeling a bit. What am I supposed to be doing? Or, you know, notice just that sense of it, the uncertainty, the disturbance, or the dismissiveness, or the you know, well, let's get down to doing something. What? What are we trying to do? We're trying to liberate the mind, aren't we? From what? The need to be, the need to get, the need to get on, the need to... From the, those, very, those very patterns that are occurring right now is what we're trying to liberate ourselves from. How do those patterns feel? The, the shapelessness, the agitation, the trembling? Do they have a bodily con- have a body <coughs> reference? Do you feel? Do you feel that when you when that particular sense is there, what, what does your body feel like? What parts of the body do you feel? Do you feel any of it? Do you feel kind of cold and numbed out, spinning, 
feel kind of agitated tremblings in parts of the body, tightening in parts of the body. Can we get can we get specific about these experiences and behave with them, behave properly? Sometimes when you uh, you know when the when the mind gets well, I don't know what meditation not certainly getting far with this. The focus isn't there, or the focus is not is collapsing, or isn't getting very far. Or you know we get into a stale sense, then you can notice the, the kind of urges to do something. Maybe in meditation or out of meditation, like go oh, get up and read something or have a walk or perhaps I just need a little rest or go and fiddle around with my cootie somewhere, tidy something up, put something away. Oh yeah, I forgot to wax my boots or I'll do that right now. You know, Little things are okay, morally okay, but just kind of behavioural fidgeting that can go on. And then getting into that kind of state and then just maybe saying, well, wait a minute, let's just sit here for five minutes in that state or ten minutes in that state and not pick it up. Notice where, where it go, where one, what one's going towards. Maybe that one's inclination is towards doing something. Feeling, you know, feeling a nice sense of, oh, well, that was like that, and now it's tidied up and fixed. Or that question, or thinking something, that question in my mind is now solved. That kind of nice little glow of, oh, I know. Or, oh, just drink something. Or suck something. <laughs> Scratch something. Then <laughs> that, that sense of, you know, done something and now it's better than it was before particularly um, I found myself reading things are so such a powerful comforter they put in babies mouths <laughs> stop it wailing <coughs> so the, the rains retreat I, I gave up reading it was a very useful and interesting time amount I gave up reading and I gave up lying down so the just not those two together. So the amount of time there wasn't a lot of talking going on either. So the amount of time that yawned drearily, this great dreary yawn of time, stuff that you know, normally one would hastily blank out with a nice kind of gripping article or amazing concept or fascinating line of thought or you know, well, I'll just have a little kip now, nod out. Now the time it just kind of yawned its great toothless grin at me. Uh, here we are, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing makes sense. Get used to it. <laughs> and uh, why is it so so difficult? In a very very primal way, like very very primal fear. Uh, agitation, you know, around nothing, nothing, nobody kind of, nothing unpleasant, directly unpleasant happening, just a, an ungraspableness, and then, oh, oh, oh. Sometimes just knowing the things that you go to when you've finished 
you've done your meditation, you think, oh, I don't want to now, now. And then maybe, you know, your meditation is just, well, here you go, breathing on Right, that's it. And now suddenly there's a whole tremendous arising of vigour and interest. <laughs> oh, it's kind of fairly dull, interest and vigour, you know. And you actually see where it goes to, you know, going to a hobby or an interest one has, and then the kind of lights shine on it. Why couldn't that actually happen in the meditation? Or what was one doing? One was going through a routine, dutifully, but you actually weren't really in it. And then when you let go of that, you see the specific, where the specific energy runs to. Then maybe that's the thing that one should start to actually contemplate or focus on that particular energy, what it's, what it's saying. You need to, to have something to hold on to think something, to taste something, to feel something, or just to blank out. Mm. I noticed sitting in my kuti in the afternoons, uh, you know, sitting there in a particular kind of set of perceptions away from the mind, I immediately feel this instinct to lie down. Another perception arises in my mind, I immediately feel the instinct to stand up, walk around, you know, or go and do something. It's not just the mind, it's actually physically felt. The body kind of you know, to rear up or the body kind of start to just sit back, sit, sit with that. Not, not, but certainly not to pull out of the state, but to stay in the state, sitting and trying to just feel into it. Feel into it like physically there can be a trembling in the chest or a sense in the head or in the throat or somewhere. Just, just trace it feel it it's very much a behavioural practice meditation we can very often we kind of think of the mind and so forth it can be um, imagined to be things we know things and yeah it's knowing but knowing is is a Sort of a word you have to kind of open it up. It really means like comprehending, fully, fully experiencing. So it's not just to produce more conceptual fodder, but to um, develop a behavioural way of knowing something. Knowing something is how to how to calm it, how to acknowledge it, how to steady it, how to enter it, how to penetrate it, how to um, let go in it. You know, that, those are the things we know. Those are the important things to know as a, as a meditation. Those things. Not what things mean or what, what we can translate them as, but just knowing how to behave mm. with the disturbance, the turbulence, the slight tremblings and shimmerings. Rather than just the, either what would normally happen is a certain clamping around that a dulling around that or a spin-off into a thought or a feeling or an, or an instinct or something or an activity. Just to, to go back to that, trace your way back to that and then feel it out. You know, develop a behavioural experience with what comes up rather than a cognitive, analytical um, relationship with things. Viveka, Viraga, Niroda, 
sagga, non-attachment, learning how to to not um, engage those those pattern-building tendencies. You know, when we when we find ourselves just reacting to the to the this unset, unsettled state, un, unstable state, then when we react and attach to that, then sooner or later it, spit, it creates these patterns, thought patterns, uh, psychological patterns. Uh, and very often, when you find yourself just know it, you know you're back into the old worry mode, the old doubt mode, the old you know dazzled mode. Uh, I find myself over the years just having to do quite a lot of practice with the being dazzled by thoughts, just, just the love of juggling with thoughts. So that'd be one one way in which you know catch or relate to the the sight sense of staleness and disturbance. There's always a thought attached to that, and lo and behold, a whole new tumblers and clowns come out, a whole juggling act appears juggling these thoughts around lovely little buzz for a while and at the end of it you've got kind of nice little patterns produced what a good boy am I <laughs> so really in, in, in raw terms it's just it's just feeling pleasant feeling and self self view if it's just that compulsive thing so being able to to master that is, is is partly just the recognition of of the actually actual going nowhereness of that that you know how it just spins out these patterns and really one is is in some way in terms of the behaviour of the mind no further one's behaviour is no is not changed still still crazy still drunk still getting intoxicated you know, on these things. And what we're looking for realization of the path is really like a behavioral thing. We're learning to to learn how to be vaker, let let go of attachment, viraga, learn to be uh, or develop that ability to to re- to relax the passion around things, the tensions around things, the the reactiveness around things. Experiencing the mind in much more as a as a you know, with viraga, something that adapts to take take the reactiveness away. It kind of soothes and calms. So instead of just developing all sorts of reactive um, patterns, we develop a pattern that just releases a bit. Mind just releases things into into cessation, stopping. And it's through that stopping is the relinquishment of um, the whole need to keep building oneself. Building up some layers that, that tell you tell us who we are. The Buddha recommended us to better contemplate using these pedagogical structures. And ideas and, and tools that he, he created um, to use them. And around specific arising, the dependency of it. So, right at the base of that, we have 
name form consciousness uh, dependent arising so whenever consciousness is stimulated through particularly these disturbances these activating patterns which come from not knowing or not being present whenever consciousness is, is, is activated then the rising of name and form and name is just the knowing of things or the, the noumenon and form is the phenomenon that's that which is known or or which we know through our knowingness and knowing is really a labelling of things which is to do with different factors as the um, labelling requires basically first of all sort of an inclination to do so some intention to hold that together the stabilising of attention on, on the particular object and particular impressions that arise and then the perceptions the most immediate meanings if you like and the feelings that, that arise around that this is naming and form expresses itself in, in a terms of something that is, is an object very often a bodily experience elemental experience like warmth, heat um, pressure sometimes a, it can be used in reference to mind objects too you know, something, just something that is recognised as, as an object so you know, we would normally imagine those two things are very separate phenomenon is separate from the noumenon they're totally different things but actually the, in Buddha Dharma he's, he's giving us the, the suggestion that they actually name form you know, is, is one kind of um, hybrid you know, it's not you know, it's, it's seen as one in Nama Rupa mm. so and they, they, are, they, they arise together with consciousness it's like they arise from the same root now when, you, when you're meditating sometimes you can experience say the sense of the body which is the rupa and that may be getting down to something quite elemental right? pressure, warmth, vibrancy and then you get the sense of being aware of that which could be slightly wavering or um, excited or trembling or you know, it's, it's, doing, it's got its own patterns and then gradually if there is a stabilising and a calming there's the right, if you like, the right behaviour within that particular experience that one learns how to pick up how to hold how to soothe, how to steady how to stabilise, how to extend how to kind of get a, a real kind of subtle psychological behaviour going then what occurs in the stabilising effect of of that is that the known and the knower really start to merge together your sense of body begins to kind of become less like a, a tangible thing out there but more like the very energy of being the very energy of, of knowing and the energy that takes that expresses itself as a term of substance begin to kind of fuse and melt together so you, so you come to like the with this it particularly becomes more apparent how just with, with an inflection of attention you can be strongly aware of a part of the body or, or suffuse the whole of the body or withdraw to just being at a particular point make your sense of body quite large quite small see this particular feature in it it's, it's, it's um, earthiness or it's fluidity so you're in a, an interesting kind of magical um, potentiality in that experience 
And it's quite a good um, learning place uh, just to see how, how something that seems so absolutely, you know, like a, a rigid, fixed thing can seem so amorphous and molten. And something that seems like just a complete set of ideas and concepts and thoughts can be just like a, as tangible as, as wind or as, or as breath or as, or as fire. It can melt things, stretch things. It's not just a disembodied babble. So you, you can actually begin to see how some of these, these codependency is, is, is a reality. And how so much of the, um, you know, the, norm, the normal state is really a, a, a tremendous divorce and absence from that area, absence from that place. You can see a completely disembodied um, mind and a completely stupid body. You know, body kind of lumbering around, and brain kind of whirring away, and never the twain shall meet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, you see, like how, you, when you just, inca- you begin to realise why, when you start to bring it back together again, you see the, the amount of, of um, letting go of self that's required. You know? Letting go of... Uh, of one's time span, one's mind's time span. Um, so just working with the, the physical contractedness of the body, the the the, the uh, staleness, the uh, the lack of life that's, that the body can be held in, like trapped in this um, like sleeping beauty, in some kind of rigidity or inflexibility, and the amount of effort or energy that's required just to begin to bring the body into life and to get the mind to actually do it, behave properly and stop running away with its own kind of fantasies to get there and there's all sorts of fear and worry and and, um, inabilities to, to relate to it to bodily energy it really does require a lot of skill and training and patience making those things as tangible as as bread and water you know, the real substance of practice it's overwhelming as well overwhelms the sense of self which is always trying to trying to get things inside it instead of being blown out and deconstructed sometimes in the afternoons I sit and uh, practice with the building site so someone go out on the balcony and have a little session with the building site and the sound, the stone source sound, and there's it's kind of quite a high-pitched grinding sound. And there's also the cement mix, which is quite a pleasant sound, kind of clonkety clonkety clonk. It's kind of more less screaming sound. And uh, and I got this kind of idea, this sort of theme in my mind, to to try to hear the Buddha's voice in the stone saw, or to hear 
here the priceless Dhamma in the, in the cement mixer and being of the same essential nature. <laughs> it's a sound and what your mind makes of it. So I listen to the stones for trying to hear the Buddha's voice. And listen to the cement mixer trying to hear the priceless Dhamma in them. <laughs> so the, the mind can oh, it's annoying, it's terrible. But actually, uh, you know, that doesn't really occur for me because you know, I've been hearing sounds a lot of times since I've been meditating. There's been always something's disturbing me, so I've given up on being disturbed. And the idea of being disturbed and this thing, you know, it's a sense object. It's, it's something that can be, you know, approached with mindfulness and, and mastered. And just looking at what it, what it reveals, um, you know, so when the sense of it shouldn't be there goes, which, which goes quite quickly for me. And then the feeling of, well, I want to do this kind of meditation and, uh, and get rid of that. And it's uh, present, what's arising. And there's a you know, silent bit, and this kind of sound, and the feeling of the mind kind of tensing up around it and trying to manage it. And then just as it's time to manage it, stops. Sound stops. No. Okay. Right. Now I'll get back to something. Get back in the body, get back to something else. Something. Wee. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the kind of sporadic. I feel actually the sense of when that sound occurs is like a, uh, the mind really wraps something around it. Like, okay, you know, hold on, or make, you know. And over time, just working with it to stop the mind actually clustering around that sound, just let the sound be, you know, be naked. When that sound occurs, it's like a, uh, the mind really wraps something around it. Like, okay, you know, hold on, or make, you know. And over time, just working with it to stop the mind actually clustering around that sound, just let the sound be, you know, be naked with the sound, just let it move through the body, and for as long as it wants to. You know. And the sound of the cement mixer, you know, and how the at the end of the day, the last sound to make mix is always a sound when they, they throw a brick in it. <laughs> which has got a slightly different tone. You know, oh, that's the last one of the day. Because <laughs> even though it always says on cement mixers, don't throw a brick in this cement mixer, ever. Builders know that you have to throw a brick in the cement mixer at the end of the day. <laughs> it's one of those things like you can't wear brown shoes at funerals. You've got to throw a brick in, no matter what it says, you've got to throw half a brick in the cement mix at the end of the day. Because in particular, glockety glockety glockety. <laughs> so that meditators who are listening to that know that's the last one of the day. <laughs> so you might think, oh, that's it then. You know, ah, who said that? Who said, no, that's it then. You know, as if something real actually happens, something real sees. We're just still here. You know, in that, you know, and it's kind of like you're li- listening to it and watching the mind kind of feeling, oh, that's it then, and then, oh, here we are again, then, oh, that's it then, oh, here we are again, then, oh, that's it then. 
just working with that edge of, of movement. You really get like witnessing how some of these factors of nama, the intention, which is that mind's leaning movement, attention, which is its sense of holding a particular place of con- contact, the impressions, and then the perceptions and feelings, just contemplating that. And just like this is just it, you know. This, you can make good or bad, but actually, this is this is the set. This is the kit. And then around that, you can create all kinds of mind objects, like you know, whatever you like. Loyal artisans working for the benefit of Chitlin's monastery, or incompetent oafs, or people disturbing you, whatever you know, whatever you like out of it. But I try to make the stone saw the Buddha's voice. And the cement mixture, the priceless turning of the wheel. <laughs> Good as you might as well make that out, that up as anything else. <laughs> <laughs> and so it just helps as a kind of way of of cutting out some of the the, the behaviour patterns that the mind will go into. Otherwise, it's silly behaviour patterns. Yeah, and then really, actually, as the mind begins to relax or work with that, what comes up is the understanding a nothing makes sense. Um, this is bigger than you are. This goes on forever. Get used to it. <laughs> Those are very... These are not ideas, these are kind of like emotional statements. And they're very powerful statements. Like you think nothing makes sense. You think, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is bigger than you are. This goes on forever. Get used to it. It's, they're, they're intellectually, they're not great statements, but behavioural terms, you know, dealing with the mind's behaviour, they're really wonderful. Like nothing makes sense. Just stop trying to, you know. This should. This means this. This, you know, this is the beginning. This is the end. This is that. This is bigger than you are. Life is bigger than I am. You know. Emotionally, that's a very, that's a very powerful, threatening kind of statement. There's a lot more out there. Bigger, uncontrollable, unmanageable. You know, could snuff me out. Whatever. I'm more than I could ever cope with, manage, control, get under my hat. And. Uh, you know, it's not going to give. It's not going to give way. You have to do the giving way. You have to do the letting go. The world's not going to do it. So those are those who I find very, you know, deal with or really open up. T- take take away the various strategies that the mind kind of creates, which create its, its indignation or its sadness, and just takes away their foundation. But if one, if um, one can, if I can bear through that process, it comes just back back to the practice. Very very simple, just being present, fully present at that point of of arising. Not not knowing it, not understanding it, not um, coping with it, but just being present at the point of it arising, letting so. 
and that, at that point of arising, at that point, there's a, there's a physical effect, um, subtle physical effect. If one gets down to, to, the, to, the, to the real nerve's edge of what's happened, the effect has got a, it's got a physical basis to it, or a physical expression in it. Um, there's a kind of particular tinglings or tensions or movements occur in the body, or physiological changes occur. One really, then it's really just it takes it takes one very much into the into the 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 whole root of of how of how things express themselves. How things manifest. Very much around the need to be, uh, which is either defensive, forming a screen, and that defence can be quite quite evolved. Um, defence of of it's an emotional defence, uh, defence of defence by dulling out, defence by deflecting, saying oh that shouldn't be there, you know. Right, so basically, it's always saying. You know, I am bigger than this. I'm other than this. That's got to get out of the way. <coughs> or, or I'm smaller than this. You know, but it, it's essentially a kind of uh, there's, a, there's a defensiveness, or an acquisitiveness, when experience is something that's um, um, you know the need to have and hold and get and belong. And those are really interrelated. You know, one one wants to have in order to be more secure. Wants to defend in order to be more secure. So, and coming back to those kind of patterns, like what is there to be apart from here? And uh, again, those are not these are not these are not intellectual questions. These are very much behavioural questions mm, that one begins to compose oneself into to deal with the the, the, the fundamental turbulence of Avasava, which is that turbulence that spins us out into taking some position, trying to find a position, trying to get out of an uncomfortable position into something else. This is the the uh, very much a, a major um, force or the primary forces for our. Uh, Bondage, you know, confusion, you know, restlessness. So this is a, you know, when we're able to 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 tackle some of the most uh, seemingly small, inconsequential things, it's often in the things that we haven't actually planned or made up that catch us off guard, mm. when we don't have our particular you know, thing going, we just have to see which way we instinctively react to to occurrences. That one sees one can trace more clearly the contemplative mind back to some of these very primary forces. So we have a meditation um, so this evening we're going to um, do nothing.
the world um, and then we have a few days of more solitary practice there's a good chance to, to actually notice the, the effects of of not having such a, a clearly defined context to move within you know so I can feel eager for that you know I can get down to do some real practice or <laughs> <laughs> well, eager for this I'll now and get out and do it in this practice <laughs> or slightly alarmed you know it's all going to fall apart you know but you know, whichever way it goes, it seems to fall apart or seems to be, you know, getting better. And just no, no, just contemplating those particular mental descriptions of experience, and don't don't be deluded by it. You know, those, those are they really good things to see. Not that one shouldn't have any of them, but to to actually focus on on what what's creating these particular tones and textures out of out of empty space. And it's the, you know, it's, it's volition, you know, volition, contact impressions, ways we, way we apprehend, way we relate to, to, uh, you know, other people or forms or solitude, how that strikes us, what we, you know, how the very thought of it strikes us, the ideas that strike us, the sense of looking for something to define ourselves against. As you notice, though, notice, say, what the what the mind's like. It's how it's um, clutching or tightening or you know pushing forward or you know what it's actually be, what its behaviour is like. When it seems to get um, you know pompous and greedy or it gets uh, uncertain and wavering. I notice what happens in the body in those mind states. So you're just trying to bring where the two where the two come together, where you can actually feel that you you, you begin to at that point of where the two blend is a place where the, the the belief in the thought systems dies away. You see that those emotions are really just as much expressions of, of bodily life, just as much to be read, read into bodily life as into conceptual life. And it's certainly by taking it into there one begins to um, get through the, the trap of ideas, the trap of knowing. And the trap of certainty. <laughs> 